Hi everyone, it's Marilyn Aloria, and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. I always say that because of the song, Who Can It Be Now? Anyway, I have a few things I'm going to talk to you about today. Uh, one, I'm going to tell you what was going on with me last week. Two, I'm going to tell you a couple of stories, and then I'm going to do a tarot reading for everyone, a three-card tarot spread. I'm going to teach you a little bit about tarot cards and a little bit about how to clear them because mine needs to be clean, so I don't know what that reading is going to be like today. And I'm going to just share some of that information with you. Uh, for those of you who are just landing upon this podcast now in episode 22, yes, I think it's episode 22, and if I'm wrong, what the heck, 22 is a great number. I am the founder of Membership for Your Soul and Soul Finder Academy, and you can find out all about those things on my website at marilynaloria.com or at membershipforyoursoul.com or soulfinderacademy.com. And they are incredible programs. Um, since I don't have any ads, I am adding my, I'm doing my own ads. Anyway, I'm going to move on and tell you what's going on. So last week in my podcast, we did a really fun reading. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to it. And I told you I was going to tell you to do something really fun at the end of that. And I forgot because I was going through something pretty difficult. So I'm going to do it today, I think. Let me not forget, or I'll just tell you what it is. And if I forget, well, you'll have to listen to episode 23 and find out what the heck I was going to tell you. And then I'll tell you. So last week, um, when I was recording, I brought my cat Mystic into the vet because he was acting not so well on Sunday. And um, unfortunately, I lost Mystic last week. And it's been very difficult. And I'm going to tell you why in a few minutes. But um, well, I guess I'm going to tell you why now. He was an incredibly special cat. He was reincarnated. He came back. Um, he was smudge before that. And he's a black cat. Every witch needs to have a black cat. And he agreed to reincarnate. So I had two cats before I had my, had my three cats now. I have two cats now. Anyway, before I got Mystic, I had two cats named Maelstrom and Smudge. And um, when Smudge was passing, I was talking to an animal communicator and she told me that he would come back. And he did. He came back as Mystic, this little black kitten that was just so cute. He would sit on his little butt like a grumpy old man. And I brought Mas uh, Mystic home and Maelstrom was still alive. And then two weeks later, Maelstrom um, went and had a seizure and he passed. So I then went into total grief and got another cat. And I had two kittens and I was in my grief ridden state. And I heard that from one animal communicator, Marty Meyer, she's amazing. Um, she wrote a book called Same Dog Twice. And it's really a cute, great, it's a cute story. It's a great story. And it's about how her dog came back to her. And I recommend anybody who's lost a pet to read that book. But Marty told me that Maelstrom didn't want to come back. And then I was talking to another animal communicator at the same time. And she said Maelstrom did want to come back. So I had gotten the second kitten. Besides Mystic, there was another black kitten. And, um, I had the two of them in the house and I was like, what am I doing? I don't know if I want cats. And I gave the cats back. And, um, I was just like, I, I need like the weekend. I don't know what I'm doing. I just, I'm kind of losing it right now. And uh, the adoption agency took the kittens back and they were in a vet. And on that Saturday, I gave them back like on that Thursday or Friday, I can't remember. And I was like, that's it. I'm not doing kittens. I'm just going to focus on my dog. And um, I was walking to meet a friend for dinner and realized I was passing the vet where the kittens were being housed. And I looked down at my phone and randomly, 
there was a picture of Maelstrom just smiling at me. And I was like, holy mackerel, I've got to get these kittens. That is a sign. I love signs. And I'm going to share a few signs with you today in story. So that Sunday, I went to pick up the kittens because they used to do this adoption fair on Larchmont in LA. And um, a black and white kitten became available. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was the black and white kitten that I wanted. And Maelstrom was black and white. And I still wasn't listening to Marty who said Maelstrom did not want to come back. I was like, I'm going to get kittens. And I was talking to another animal communicator who said he did want to come back. So um, I got the black and white kitten and they took the black kitten back. And uh, so I had Mystic and then I had the black and white kitten that was kissing my face. And I was like, I have to have this kitten. And his name is Sprites. Um, and I stuck my hand in the box to pet Mystic and he bit me because he was so pissed off. He reincarnated and then I gave him back and he was like, yo, bitch, and bit me. But then he was fine after that one bite. And I brought Maelstrom and Sprites home. And I had my dog Emmy at the time. And then um, I was still grieving so much about Maelstrom that I went to another vet that had kittens and um, they gave me DJ, who is Mirden. And, but Maelstrom never came back. So a friend of mine was like, you just kept like adopting all these vehicles to try to get the cat back and the cat wasn't coming back. And uh, Marty was right. The cat did not want to come back. So I ended up with three kittens, Sprites, Mystic, and Mirden. And Mystic was my little love. I mean, I love all my animals. And, uh, but he would sit with me in the morning, every morning that I journaled, he would put his little, uh, he would sit on top of me with his little arms over my, um, his little paws over my arm. And I try to write and I didn't care. And then when I moved up North, he sit behind me on the chair. He always sat behind me on the couch when I was watching TV and I would use him as a headrest. And I'm sharing all these stories for a reason. So when he got ill, it was very quick. And I recognized something was wrong Saturday night. And I'm sharing this story with you because I want you to learn how your guides can work with you in the moment. And um, I realized it's Saturday night and I was like, oh, something's wrong. And because as luck would have it, I gave up watching TV during the week. So I didn't recognize that he wasn't in the living room because he wasn't with me. I was in the kitchen and whatever, right? Those things happen like timing things, things happen in your life where normally I would have been in the living room, but I decided not to watch TV during the week anymore. And so I didn't know. I didn't know. I would have recognized that he wasn't with me, that he was like in the bedroom or hiding or someplace else. So Saturday night, um, I realized something was wrong. And on Sunday, I got up and he came into my office and I was debating whether to take him to emergency or not. I couldn't really tell. I thought it was just his mouth. And I figured, oh, maybe he has an abscess in his mouth. And I had such a bad experience at the emergency vet before that with uh, once when I went there with one of my animals, I didn't want to go there. And I kept hearing my guide say, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So all day I sat with Mystic and I realized this is not great. I don't think because he wasn't eating, he wasn't drinking water, but he was purring when I pet him. And I just kept convincing myself that maybe it's his mouth. And I emailed my vet and um, she said, bring him in tomorrow morning and I will look at him during the appointments. And all the time my guides are telling me it's okay. So I'm like, all right, it's okay. I'm like, should I take him to emergency? It's okay. 
So Monday morning, I brought him in and, um, you know, I waited for them and they called me at a certain time and they said, it's not good. You know, we're going to take blood, but we think there's something wrong. And he was a very chubby cat. I used to call him Thumper because he sounded like an elephant when he walked and he was still very chubby. And the vet was like, he looks really healthy, but I can tell that there's something wrong. So she took the blood work and the blood work was really, really bad. And she said, um, I'm going to send the blood work out because sometimes my machine is off. It's it's a really good machine, but I doubt it. Um, you'll need to bring him to emergency for overnight. So I went to emergency and um, was sitting in the back seat with him and just loving him up. And then I was like, all right, after giving him a ton of love, I went and uh, went to the front door. It's COVID, right? So, um, and I called the number and luckily for me, because he was coming from my vet and they already had all his blood work and they knew that it was a, not a good circumstance. They were able to take him right away because it was a four to five hour wait to get in there. And I dropped him off that night, um, came home, was very sad, spoke to a couple of friends the vet calls, a couple of vets called me from emergency, one that night, one the next morning, and basically told me the same diagnosis that I would have to let him go. Uh, the power went off in my house. A uh, five-gallon water thing just started dripping out of nowhere. You know, like all those nutty things that happen when you're like something else big in your life is happening too. And so Tuesday, I had to let him go. And um I got to sit with him for five hours on my couch and I made him a video and I was really, really blessed because I went and picked him up at emergency Tuesday morning. I'm sharing all this for a reason. Um, and my vet was going to help me to be with him when I said goodbye to him at five o'clock that afternoon. So I got really lucky because during COVID, I was able to go into a, a quiet room with my vet, who's so amazing, West Marin Pet Hospital in Fairfax. And... I was able to do it in a quiet place. Like he would have not, if he had to stay in emergency, I don't know if I would have been able to be with him. I wouldn't have allowed that. I would have found some way to do it. And he, it was very stressful. Every time the vets called me for emergency, it was so friggin' loud there. And I realized, cause I said to my guys, I was like, why did you tell me it was okay? I was so angry at them. I was like, why did you keep telling me that? And then I realized the reason why they did that is because I got to spend Sunday night with him and pet him and hear him purr and be with him. And had he gone to emergency, first, I would have been sitting out in the parking lot for four or five hours because we wouldn't have known how bad it was because he looked so healthy. Even the, my vet was like, it's hard. You know, I'm telling you what the tests say because he looks so healthy. It's hard to realize it, but the tests are really bad. Um. So I would have been stuck out in an emergency parking lot for four to five hours. And then I would have not been able to go to my private vet to say goodbye to him. So I wanted to share this story with you because that's a moment where your guides are always with you. And sometimes people get information and they're like, well, why did they tell me that? There's always a reason. There's always something bigger and greater that they want you to know. There's always some reason they're supporting you and having your back. So I want you to really trust them because I've learned this with spirits. When I um, was working on the Sal Minio murder case, which I am getting ready to get back into, and I was working with this restaurant owner. So this, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I basically went into his restaurant to clear it and came upon this um, spirit laying down 
in the bar area with blood all over him, um, face down. And I didn't know who he was at the time. And I just kept giving the, the restaurant owner information saying SM and numbers and everything. And the guy thought I was freaking crazy. I thought I was freaking crazy because I was kind of new to all this work. But I, when I started doing this work, a switch got turned on and I just followed it. I just followed everything they told me to do, everything that I experienced. And I didn't care. I knew he didn't like me. I knew he thought I was nuts. His girlfriend was the one who hired me, but I was just giving him the information. And through the story, we found out that it was Sal Minio. It's a really magical story that I am getting ready to tell all of you. But there was a point where the restaurant owner, it was such an incredible story that he started pitching it to Hollywood to sell it as a movie. And I didn't know this. And I was working on the case and I got very, very close to Sal. And I was very protective over him. And I wanted the real murderer to come forward. And I didn't know that the restaurant owner was out there pitching it as a movie. And we had had a verbal commitment that um, we were just going to continue to work on the case and and try to bring justice to the real murderer, not the person who served time. And I was doing a reading for this woman one day. And after the reading, I never know how people come to me when I was doing readings, my assistant would book it and I just would know their first name. That was it. She said, I know your story. I heard about it, about the Sal Minio story. And I was like, how do you know that? And she goes, oh, well, I'm not going to say his name yet. Blah, blah, blah. Came in and pitched it to us for a movie. And I was like, are you kidding me? And she left and I was like, just gobsmacked because it was my personal story. Yes, he was part of it. But all the channelings that I did with Sal, all the information came through me. So I had to call an attorney and that started a bunch of trouble between the restaurant owner and I, and we parted ways. And I knew he was trying to work on it with another medium. And I also knew that Sal would not work with anybody but me. And I spoke to a couple of mediums at the time just to gauge what was going on. And I already knew like from my own guides that this restaurant owner was bringing other mediums in and trying to get them to communicate with Sal. And I was told that Sal would only work with me. And then um, I, other mediums that I spoke with uh, for a reading, they, they confirmed that for me. So I was just working on the case on my own and um, the restaurant owner called me up and he's like, okay, you know, I want to work with you again. And he said, let's meet at the restaurant. He was the type of guy that made my skin crawl. He reminded me of every Italian guy I grew up with in my neighborhood and in my family. And I'm Italian and I can say my experience of being Italian, being a woman and growing up in the 80s. Uh, around this type of person. And they were the type of men that I felt that I always had to fight against. And that's such a, it's such a beautiful, long story about all of this experience with Sal, because Sal's Italian. Sal had two brothers and a sister. I have three brothers. So we had the same three boys and a girl. Um, he was from, oh my goodness, I can't remember right now. It was like Bronx and I was from Brooklyn. So anyway, I went to meet the restaurant owner at his restaurant. And I was sitting in the back area by the bar where I found first found his spirit and waiting for him. And I was so nervous. This guy just made me so anxious and so nervous. And he dedicated the bar area to him. It was called Sal Saloon. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? 
And he came in and we had a conversation and we agreed to work on the case again. And my whole thing was, I just wanted to get his story out. And um, at the very end, when we shook on it and we decided how we were going to work on it and he wanted to do a movie, I just wanted to write my memoir about it, a book about it. And um, he said to me at the very end, he leaned into me and he said, hey, where's Sal been? Because he hasn't been here in a long time. And it struck me then how a spirit can have your back more than people in this world, people walking on this earth plane. And I went, I don't know. Meanwhile, Sal was at my house constantly talking to me, constantly. I had so many recordings. And I left the restaurant and I got in my car and I have a recording of it because I was recording everything at that time. And I just broke down crying. And he taught me how much spirits can have your back. He left the restaurant. He wasn't going to help this, this restaurant owner. And it's my time to really start getting this story out there and start telling the story. But like, so I was crying a lot and I was, it was the kind of moving to tears where you're like, oh my goodness, there is something greater than us out there that is really watching out for us all the time. And that's what Sal taught me. And, uh, I've been working a bit on it now and I was doing a, I did it last week with you guys when I did the reading about what the fear is about telling this story. And I, I did it on also on a soul session in soul finder Academy. And I can't remember cause I do so many different things in my communities. I'm like, who did I tell what to? So if I'm repeating myself, forgive me, but I, I came to the conclusion that, you know, it's a scary story for me to do. Um, but I have to, I'm doing it. I have to do it and I'm ready to do it and I can't wait to do it, but I definitely go down rabbit holes with it. So mystic passed on Tuesday and I'd been talking to you guys that I'm getting ready to do it. And, um, I'm looking at writing teachers because I want to really write it out. It has to be a very, um, produced podcast. And I got a text on Wednesday from someone I know who knows nothing. I haven't spoken to her in a really long time. We're not good friends, but she's a very sweet woman that I know. And she texted me and she told me that she, um, mm, I have to be careful how I share this story. Well, she met the attorney for Sal's case. And um, I was like, you got to be kidding me. This woman's still alive. Didn't even know she existed. And, uh, she told me there's an article about her and, uh, gave me a bunch of information that was mystic coming in and helping me and guiding me the night that mystic passed. I was on my couch really grieving. And all of a sudden I felt this big, cool air and something behind me on the couch. And I thought it was one of my other cats and I turned around and there was nobody there and it was mystic. So what I want to share with all of you before I go into this reading, and I'm going to teach you a little bit about tarot cards is one thing that I've learned is how our guides and deceased loved ones can have our backs better than anything we've experienced in the earth plane, on the earth plane. Now, I know many of you probably have incredible supportive communities around, at least I hope you do. And if you don't, come to Membership for Your Soul or Soul Finder Academy. They're very supportive. Um, but for me personally, I'm living in a place where I'm isolating. I'll just say that. Um, because I'm not ready to reveal my story here yet. That'll be another podcast going. This ain't no fucking stars hollow. That's for damn sure. This small town. But anyway, um, and going through this illness, this thing with mystic that happened so fast and calling my friends that I know from New York to support me 
And they were wonderful. My friend Benita, my friend Rita, they just really were there for me. Um, my friend Amy called, you know, different people called me. And, um, but not really, I don't, my family doesn't even know, you know, um, there's been a real graduation for me in being my own self and, and living the life that I need to live and getting these stories out to all of you. I was doing, so what I'm trying to share with you is like through all of these, um, difficult experiences, I'm standing so much more in the power of who I am and what I know and what I'm meant to share. And I was talking with my members last week, I was doing a Q and a, I do reading calls, readings in my group programs. And I was reading someone and she was talking about getting her work out there. And I said to her, and I know her very well. And I was like, you need to get your stuff out there because you can't keep hiding. There's people out there that are waiting for your work. They're waiting to hear from you. And I said, how would you feel if all the people that have helped you on your journey stay, stayed away, they hid and they never came out of the closet and they would have never helped you on your journey? How would that have felt to you? And I said, that's what you're doing to other people that are waiting for your magic. And when I said that to her, she wrote in later on um, about how profound that was for her and how moving that was for her. So I'm sharing a lot of things all at once because one, I'm still grieving a bit because I'm grieving a, a few things in my life right now. Two, I'm not letting the grief stop me from growing, expanding, and sharing. And three, I'm sharing this because I know there are many of you out there that are listening to my podcast that are, I know anybody who's listening to my podcast is magical. I know that. I, I believe that everyone is gifted. I believe that we all have incredible greatness to share with others. Now, how you choose to do that's up to you. But if you're listening to this and you've been holding back and waiting to share your story or share your magic, stop it. Stop doing that. Because people need to hear it. There, we are in a, a time in our lives more than ever. There's a couple of things happening. One is many of us may be experiencing grief. And I can't imagine what it's like for people who've lost people to COVID and couldn't be there with them. A friend of mine was sharing how her friend's um, mother passed and they could only wave through the window. Like, oh my goodness, how heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. And I got to hold my cat during this. And I feel so grateful for that. So we're in a time right now in this world where there's a lot of grief, there's sadness, there's a lot of waking up to things, there's a lot of consciousness that's happening. There's a lot of us that are saying, whoa, wait a second, I'm done with living that life. I'm ready to live the life I've been put on this earth to live. And you may be finding yourself in an abyss where you don't know what is that next thing that you need to do or what do you need to do? I feel like I'm straddling two worlds. I feel like I'm straddling the world that I'm in where I'm building this masterpiece. And I'm like, I got one foot there, which is great. I'm creating. And then I have my other foot in my future, the next chapter. And it's not completely visible to me yet. And when I look down, all I see is the blackness underneath me. And I'm not worried about falling into it. I know it's supporting me. And 
it's just pushing me to move forward. And it reminds me like, I wish I could show this image. And it reminds me of actually, I think it's the five of wands. It's not the five of wands card. It might be the seven of wands card. I'll look it up in a second, or I may not look it up. We'll see. But he's basically, it's either seven or eight. I think it's seven where he's like, I'm going to look it up. I do this stuff in real time. I hope you guys don't mind. So the seven of wands card is he's like got wands in his hands, which are creative. And it looks like he's like trying to control all the wands. And if you look at the card, I use the right of weight deck. Um, he's got two different shoes on, which means it's a soul's journey. Seven is all about psychic intuition, psychic power. And um, it looks like he's doing battle. But really what he's doing is he's got so many creative ideas. He's trying to control like what he does and what he puts out into the world. And he needs to kind of get more um, systematic about it, pick the lowest hanging fruit and move forward with that. So this time right now, my life reminds me a little bit of the seven of wands card because it's a huge soul journey. And this might relate to some of you. And I have all these creative ideas and I have to do each thing piece by piece by piece because I'm running a business. I'm, we're getting ready to do the SAS experience again. If you're interested in that, go to joinsass.com. It's really a profound experience. It's a live experience with me. And um, there's a, a free class, I believe. If I don't, I think if you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash discover, marilynaloria.com forward slash discover, you'll get that class and you can see what the SAS experience, it'll teach you something. I teach something in that class. And then um, if you want to join the SAS experience, it's joinsass.com. But anyway, that's like the thing that I'm doing and then getting ready to start producing this other podcast. And I have to do things in pieces. Otherwise, we don't get anything done. Right. So what I'm trying to share with you is numerous things. One, it's about being your own magician, being your own magic in the world. I was going to just work with the magician card today, but I decided I want to do a reading for all of you. And then the other thing is to really take that wands right? Spirit keeps showing me and I keep talking to my communities about this, how there's a blank blackboard in front of us and they've handed you the chalk and they're asking you, draw it in. What are you going to draw? Don't wait for us to tell you, you do it. So that's what the wand feels like to me is like, he's got the wands in his arm, hand, and he's like, got to draw it in. So I want you to know that your guides have your back. And if you get information, they're never going to tell you anything that's going to hurt someone or hurt yourself. So taking that off the table right there, I want you to really learn to read for yourself. And I want you to realize that sometimes they may tell you to go right and right may not be the best, may have not felt like the best experience, but I don't know where people thought that once they got in touch with their guides, life was just going to be unicorn riding bubbles and puppies dancing and just joy and bliss every moment of the day. We're here for an experience. We're here to live. We're here to evolve. We're here to grow our souls. And our guides are with us all along the way. So when I go through something difficult, like I just did with Mystic, a coupled on, you know, it's a top of other stuff as well that's going on in my life. I lean into them the way I leaned into Sal, the way I knew Sal had my back. I know they have my back. I was mad at them, but I knew there was a deeper and bigger meaning for me. And I can also see now that Mystic has passed, it's lighting a fire into my butt to shift my life and change things in my life. And the other cats are, um, there's becoming, there's a balance coming into my house because Mystic was kind of on his own and there's just things shifting and changing from that experience. 
So I want you to recognize that. I want to share a couple of other things. I was going to tell some other stories and we'll see if they come up, but they may not. Um, one other thing I want to share is belief systems. So my belief systems are my belief systems and they shift and change as I grow and evolve. Somebody was asking me a question about uh, astrology readings and um, biblical experiences and God. And then at the same token, I was getting um, questions from somebody else who's uh, in a Christian orientation. I don't have a problem with any of that. Um, but she was asking me very, very serious questions that I will no longer as a reader answer. And big responsibility questions, big ones, right? And um, so I want to just just touch on both those things. One is my belief systems are my belief systems. They do not mean that they're right. It does not mean they're wrong. They're right for me. None of us really know what happens when we leave here. We have belief systems we follow because it gives us a sense of peace and purpose while we're living this earth experience. So if you believe in heaven, right, and you're following some um, Christian docu doctrine, which I, I'm Christian. I consider myself Christian, right? I don't know that I necessarily believe in heaven anymore, but I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just telling you what I believe so that I could live my life in a very integral way on with honesty, with connection, with um, the service that I like to do, with helping people think out of the box, you know, and helping people to grow. I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and go, I, I'll tell you what I know for me, but if it works for you, it works for you. That's great. I don't have a problem with it. So one is the belief systems. And what I feel my guides have taught me and what they're really getting me ready to talk about too is consciousness. And where do we go when we pass? And they're ready to drop in a philosophy for me to share. And then you get to try it on for size and see what works for you. The bottom line is it's always between you and your soul, you and your guides, which are a reflection of your soul. So anything that gets introduced to you, if it works for you, you want to go with it. There's nothing wrong with that. So if astrology works for you or the Bible works for you or um, anything else works for you, pendulums work for you, there's nothing wrong with it. Where I, I find people come into trouble with it is when it's their way or the highway. And that's where I butt heads with stuff like that. I, I used to get attacked by a lot of Christians on my Facebook ads and it just baffled me. I was like, where's, if you're so into Christ and Christ is love, where's all this fear coming from? Why are you attacking me? If I see an ad I don't like, you can close out the ad. And then I, I don't need to comment on the ad and call the person names. What is, what good is that? How is that Christian? So again, that's my little soapbox. It did piss me off a bit and I had a, but I had a look within, you know, my guides, I was sitting with my guides because it really upset me. And I realized that it had to go back to my grammar school and growing up in the strict Catholic school and what Jesus meant to me and what Jesus meant to them and having to reconcile my relationship with God, my relationship with Jesus, what I feel they are. So what I'm asking you all to do is to reconcile your relationship with the universe, your relationship with your guides, your relationship with yourself, mainly and first most, uh, first and foremost. Somebody else was asking me a question last week in my readings, and I can't remember the exact question, but I remember some, the answer I said to her, the most important thing you need to feel is safe with yourself. You need to feel safe with yourself. And just sit with that and see how that resonates with you. 
The other thing I want to talk about is when people come to me with really big life questions. And I got to tell you, um, clients that I will still read that I've had for years, I, I love these people. I love them. I love the people in my community. I love them so much. And then I'll say to my students sometimes when they ask me a question and I'll be like, that's a powerless question. You're now giving away all your power and you're giving it to me. So if I was somebody who didn't really live in a moral way, I feel I do. Some people may be listening to this and not feel that I live in a moral way. That's your opinion. Then I could really direct you in a way that may not be the right thing. I don't want that power. I want you to have the power. I want to teach you how to have that power. So that's why we're going to do a fun tarot reading that I'm going to do a reading with you guys, but I'm going to have you play along so that you can do it yourself too. This is going to be a longer podcast than normal. So one of the reasons why I teach what I teach is because I really got tired of people depending on me to tell them how to live their life. I, I want you to do it yourself. I want to give you the tools and the techniques. I always say, now I say, I put you in the driver's seat. You have a destination, your dream of where you want to go. And I'm your GPS to that destination. I'm giving you the techniques and tools to get to that destination. I'm not kicking you out of the driver's seat. Let me tell you something. If you have a dream and you're not in the driver's seat in the dream, that means you're letting other people run your life. Pay attention. I did a lot of dream studies. And if I was in the passenger seat or in the back seat, that meant I did not feel like I was in charge of my life. I don't want to take that from anyone. Spirit communication with deceased loved ones. Oh, so there's one other thing that came up. I'll have to do, maybe I'll just do a one card tarot reading. Um, so spirit communication, we all can communicate with deceased loved ones. They are a part of us. That's where I'm getting into the consciousness and why they come back and what they're teaching us. They're not coming back to tell you that you didn't visit them in the hospital and you suck. They're coming back because you have to work something out. And they're assisting you in working that out. So a new student of mine said, you know, I don't know what I need to study. I don't know if I should study mediumship or psychic um, abilities. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And this is the antiquated view of those, some of those mediums out there that separate these gifts. And I just want to, I want to smack those people. You cannot communicate with a deceased person unless you're using your psychic gifts of clairvoyancy, clairaudience, claircognizance, empathic ability, clairsentience, all the other gifts that are in there. How the heck do you think you're communicating with them? Don't separate it. These, these mediums out there, and I talk about this when I go the difference between mediums and psychics, they're like, it's only a mediumship reading if you're talking to a deceased loved one. What the fuck are you talking about? It's a mediumship reading when you are telling somebody information that you are taking from another entity, a guide, um, an animal. If you are the pure channel for that information, using your psychic ability, clairvoyancy, clairaudience, empathic ability, and you're giving out information that the person doesn't even know exists some of the times, a lot of the times, but they find out it to be true, you're working as a channel, you're working as a medium. Psychic readings, they call psychic readings when you talk about the person's life. No, that makes no sense to me. So when I would do readings for people and I stopped talking to deceased loved ones because I was so tired of this antiquated view out there and I was not impressed by them either because they were just telling me everything I knew. Tell me something I don't know. 
There's a story I've been holding back. I'm going to hold it back still. I think I told the story of the fish pen already. I have to remember my stories. I'm actually going to put an email out to my audience and uh, I hate saying audience, my community, and ask them to share their, their reading stories with me because they'll people come back and find me after they had a reading five years ago, seven years ago, and they're like, your reading changed my life, blah, blah. But I don't pay attention to it because it's not me. It's spirit working through me. And yes, I'm the facilitator. I appreciate that. Thank you. But I also, um, I just, I don't know. I sit in humble energy with it all. But the bottom line is when you, when somebody would come to me and if their father came through, it was about their life. It was about their father wanted to talk. The father would have to con confirm that they were in the room by telling me how they died, how many siblings, birth dates, you know, certain specific information that the person could say, yes, that's my father. Usually the personality would come through. Sometimes spirits would flirt with me and I'd be like, your father's flirting with me and be like, oh yeah, that's my dad. But then it was about you, your life. It wasn't enough for me to say, and I know that this helps people because when you're in grief, you really want to hear from that loved one. But it was never enough for me in a reading to say, he's holding your hand and thanking you for the soup that he made. That was big for people that would hear that. I remember saying that to a woman and she was like, oh yeah. Or one woman I was reading now, I remember this story. And I was like, oh my goodness, all I smell is rubbing alcohol. And she said that that's what her father put on himself all the time was rubbing alcohol. Like it was a huge thing. And she needed to hear that or the executive that I was reading. And I was like, he just put a bluebird in my hand and he just keeps showing me a bluebird. And apparently he, that was his nickname for her. You know, that was a huge moment for them. But for me, it doesn't stop there. It's like, now he wants you to do A, B, C, and D because you're still living. They're fine. You're still living. So I just wanted to share a little bit about that because I'm getting on my soapbox a bit. And I like my soapbox. It makes me very comfortable. I also have no patience for any kind of nonsense. So now we're going to do a reading. I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I apologize for the people who helped me produce this podcast. And names are escaping me right now because I'm moving into another side. It's Lynn and I can't remember his name. Forgive me. Um, so what I'm going to do right now is do a reading. So what I want you to do is, so tarot cards, I like tarot cards. I don't use them anymore. I used to use them in readings. I do have a class called Soulful Tarot. That's a really great class. It teaches you how to read from your soul. And, um, but what I like about tarot cards or pendulums or any of that type of work is it's an instrument. It's an instrument to help you to know your instrument. I teach people that you are the instrument, right? And I'm not going to get into the whole conversation about that. I do talk a bit about that in the last week's podcast. But sometimes when we're getting to know our instrument, the cards, the pendulum, the runes, whatever you use, um, those are really great tools to learn how you work. So I don't want you to become dependent on the, on the external instruments. I want you to use them as guidance systems for yourself. So I'm going to do a, I think I'm going to do a three card reading. Hmm. I have to see because I'm running out of time. Well, let me just do it because I want to do it. Um, and what I want you to do is think of a question. And mainly what I want you to think about is that abyss, like that seven of wands card. Where in your life are you feeling a little bit of an abyss? And an abyss is not a bad thing. Like I was going to just do the death card today. And I was like, oh, that'll just freak them the fuck out. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but the death card is a great card because it's about rebirth, but I, I didn't want to do that. So I don't know what's going to come up and may come up. I am shuffling the cards. When you shuffle the cards 10 times, it can clear the deck. 
You can also clear the deck with incense, but I'll, t I'll do another podcast about tarot cards and teach you about that stuff. It's also in my course, Soulful Tarot, which is on my website, amerylorient.com. But what I want you to do is think about that abyss. We all have that in certain areas of our life where something's not really clear to us just yet about what it is we need to do or what it is we need to know. So you may ask the question of like, what do I need to know about my next step? What do I need to know about my move? What do I need to know about my career? What do I need to know about my relationship with my husband or my son? Just spend a second right now. I'm going to come up with one too. Oof, that's a big one. Okay. So I'm going to pull a card. The first card I pull is past. So I'm still shuffling because they let me know when I'm done. So I usually shuffle. I, I see people shuffle like they're at uh, Las Vegas. The first time when I've taken tarot classes and this woman was shuffling like she was at Las Vegas. And I was like, oh my goodness, how could you do that to the cards? Don't do that. It drove me nuts. Okay. So usually you take your least dominant hand and you cut the deck wherever you want to cut them. And then you can put them together. So I'm still feeling the need to shuffle and I'm going to pick a card. Okay. I just picked a card. So it's the King of Wands. It's in the past position. The King of Wands is, um, he, he's, uh, it's cre about creativity. He is looking off to the distance. There's a lot of Leo and Taurus energy for me. I'm never really sure if it's Leo or Taurus because of the lion, but I'm going to say it's Leo energy for this time. He's got the Ouroboros on his cloak, which is about transformation. He's got the wand in his hand. He's got the, um, there's a lot of transformation happening. There's a lot of change. So I'm going to give you a symbol and I want you to just work with this. And then I'm just going to do the reading because I think that's the easiest way to do it. And this will apply to your life. But the, 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 what I'm going to give you right now for you to decide based on your own, own symbolic language of your soul, what he's got a three prong crown, maybe it's four prongs, but only three is visible. What does that crown, that three prong crown mean for you? Okay. So for me, the three prong crown is about three is about mind, body, and soul. It's connection to divine connection to the universe, connection to God, whatever you believe. Crown chakra is our connection to that universal force, that infinite intelligence. For me, it's reminding me and reminding all of you that you're always connected. Now in the card, he's looking towards the past, which is the past experiences. And what spirit is asking me to ask you through this card is that you don't look at the past to create the future, that you, that he's not looking at the wands that he's holding and he needs to be looking at the wands. So what is the creative thing that you've been hesitating to do? And say you're asking like, um, about a relationship. What is the creativity you can bring into the relationship? What is the creativity you can bring into your everyday life? What, and creativity is, play for me. It's joy. What is creativity for you? What is that thing that you could bring through? Now he's got, um, uh, empathic ability. The green, uh, cloak around him is a green on his heart chakra. He's also got a um, necklace where it's touching his heart chakra. 
And I feel like the card is asking you to follow what you love to do, to not base it on, oh, it didn't work in the past or it didn't work last year when this, when I tried to do it, or I'm in this horrible experience right now. Spirit's asking you that you move past that and you remind yourself what you is you love, what it is that's joy for you, and that you you turn to the future and you continue to take your staff, your creativity, and you walk towards it, that you don't worry about what's going to happen. Instead, you just apply it. You apply to the things that you want to do in this lifetime. You do it. It's never too late. They're bothering my throat chakra a lot when I'm looking at this card. And that's about our audience listening, but it's also about speaking your truth and speaking your truth to yourself. So Spirit just asked me to ask all of you, what is the one truth you need to speak to yourself right now? What is the one thing that you've been denying yourself that you need to tell yourself? It could be, I am safe. I am a writer. I am love. I deserve to be loved. Whatever it may be, they ask that you do that right now. I'm going to leave it at that. It's interesting. I never read this way. So I'm like just letting it go. Although they want me to go further. So what a, the transformation, the um, Oribos transformation, we are all in an incredible amount of transformation right now. And what is the good that you're going to take with you? And what are you going to leave behind? And what did you learn from this experience? Like COVID has taught a lot of us what we don't want to do anymore. So do you have the courage to stop and to change and to move forward? So let's take that question and just sit with that. Oops, car dropped out. Guess what dropped out? I wish I was doing this on. Oh, you're not going to believe what dropped out. It wasn't the death card. It's the seven of wands. I dropped the deck and the seven of wands came out. <laughs> I didn't drop the whole deck. I dropped a piece of it. Seven of wands in the present position. You are on a soul's journey. So let me give you something to do yourself. He's got a yellow tunic on. A yellow tunic underneath a green tunic. What does yellow mean to you? What does yellow remind you of? What does yellow um, make you feel? Remember I said last week, if anything, always go to you feel. This is the present position that this card is in. What is the yellow telling you? Okay, so I'm just going to read. I'm, you can pause if you want to spend more time, but I already am very aware of time. I'm not aware of time. Um, oh, hey, don't do that. Okay. So um, that was my computer. It was anything else? So the yellow to me is about clairsentience. It's the third chakra. It's about trusting your intuition. It's about moving forward in your intuition. Sometimes things don't make sense, but we just know we have to do it. Just like when they said to me with mystic, like, I'm thinking I got to take them in. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they told me not to. I'm glad that they gave me the opportunity because I recognized that the outcome was so much better for me to be able to be with him and then even have him for five hours on my couch before I had to say goodbye. So it's like, what is your intuition telling you to do? What aren't you acting on? Because remember, he's got two different shoes on, which in a tarot card means it's a soul's journey. So everybody who's listening to this right now, whenever you're listening to this, you're on a deep soul's journey. What does it mean when you're on a soul's journey? What it means is you really have to go inside and, and really get the answers from within and listen to your deep urgings, your soul. What does your soul want to do? How does your soul want to live? What does your soul feel is, is missing in this life? What do you feel like you're missing right now that you need to bring into your life? And why do you think you can't bring that in? Why do you think you can't have it? Why is it out of reach? So he's battling a lot of creativity 
And because of that, he doesn't know where to go or what to do or what step to take first. So he's overwhelmed in indecision. And spirit's just saying, just slow down. Take that one wand. What is the first thing that you can do? And take the first step. Take the first indicated step and move forward towards your dreams. Don't worry about the end result. Don't worry about where you're going to go, where it's going to be, where you're going to end up. Just take the step. Take the action. One of the things I've been talking a lot in my community is about taking action. And I, I talk to them because membership for your soul, right? It's this great program. I'm not trying to sell it right now with all these classes in there. And I said to, I, I said to them on a call last week, I said, look, you buy a gym membership. You don't walk into the gym and just look at the machines and say, oh, those are nice machines. Now I'm going to have a six pack. I'm like, you have to do the work. You have to get on the machine. It's just like the program in membership for your soul. You got to go in there and do the classes. Even if all you're doing is listening to 15 minutes of a class on your commute. So what step aren't you taking that you're hesitating that you need to take? So now let's get into a future reading. You know, they're bringing my attention to his foot. My throat chakra is really, maybe because they want to talk to me. Yeah. Okay. So they're bringing my attention to his foot on the yellow and green mound. And um, they're letting me know it's his left foot. It's actually his right foot. It's his left, but I'm looking at it. It's on the right. And he knows where to go. He knows what he should do, but he hesitates doing it because he gets overwhelmed. I don't have enough time. There's not enough money in the bank. I need to wait until I'm in love. I need to wait until the house is paid off. And they're saying, stop the hesitation. Move forward. Okay, let's see what the future card is. Ooh, the high priestess. This deck really needs to be cleared. I could feel it in my hands when I'm shuffling. Um, so the high priestess card is one of the highest cards in the deck. This is the future. I love this card. And um, I'm going to ask you, what do I want to ask you? Okay, so this is about belief systems for me, for you guys right now. So she's holding a Torah thing in her a scroll in her lap. And she's the high priestess, right? So she's got a lot of spiritual magic. What belief system do you need to rewrite right at this moment to step out into your future? So I'm going to help you rewrite that in a second, right? Right now, actually. So one of the belief systems may be I'm too old or I have to remember the questions they just asked in the middle card. Rewrite that belief system. Even if you don't fully believe it, it could be um, I, I may feel old, but I know that there's more magic in me because sometimes we can't say I'm I'm young and I can do it. And then you don't believe it. And then you're just like fighting yourself. Right. So maybe, you know what? I, I may be a little bit older than I would have liked, but I know there's magic in me that has to get out there. Or it could be, I know that I would really love to have the house paid off, but I know that this calling to take this particular class is really going to help me move forward. And I will figure it out. It's going to open more doors or it may be, um, I, I know that this relationship is worth working for. And right now I'm going to work on myself and this relationship will change. Write a belief system that feels a little bit more, um, action oriented and positive spirit says in a, in a, it's solution based. It's not problem based. So do that right now. And then I'm going to do a reading on this card.
So the high priestess wants you to know that everything you need, you have inside yourself. That if you open up your heart chakra, you open up your crown chakra and you let the two speak, that it's going to move you forward. It's going to help move mountains. So what she means by that is when you allow just your crown chakra to be open and you allow inspiration to drop in, that really fills up your heart and makes you excited and feel joyous and good. She's saying that's the way in which to go. That's the way to go that is going to help you to get to your destination, to have a more fruitful life. There's pomegranates in this um, card and the seeds. You're planting the seeds and you can plant many seeds and you can water those seeds and continue to move through your life. She's saying nothing's black and white, even though she's between a black and white pillar. Nothing's black and white if you would just see what's behind those black and white belief systems. So behind this, we do a, an exercise in um, my program sometimes where we make the card big and we step into it. We do that in the soul sessions. And then we communicate with the card and we look outside what you can't see in the card. And behind her, there's a bunch of water, which is about destiny. She's all about flow. So she's saying that if you follow your, your heart, you're going to be in flow and you're going to know which seeds to plant, which seeds to nurture, where to go, what to do, who to talk to and what to say. And most importantly, you're going to have partnership with yourself. And this is going to help you to organize your thoughts and organize your life in a way that's very productive for you and not counterproductive. So when you really allow inspiration to speak to you and then you follow it, and then you don't worry about boxing yourself in or feeling like you're stuck. Anything that's going to help you to get unstuck is going to be the thing that is really going to help you to move forward. So ask yourself where you're feeling stuck. Ask yourself where you feel unstuck and try to apply a little bit of uh, ease and grace to the areas of stuckness and do something different. Do something that's going to help you to move out of feeling stuck. So you may be feeling stuck right now because say you're watching a lot of TV or you're drinking wine every night. So you may want to just not do that one night and that'll help ease you and help you to unstick you so that you can continue to move forward with ease and grace into the life that you're meant to live. She's saying that the veil needs to, and it's not the dimensional veil, it's the veil in front of your own eyes needs to be removed so that you could see clearly. But spirit's waiting for you to actually lift the veil up and say, I'm ready. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to follow it. I'm ready to not deny it any longer. I'm ready to be what it is that I truly want to believe. She has a cross on her heart. So again, to me, it feels like now I understand why I was talking a lot about belief, a little bit about belief systems in this podcast. What are the belief systems? What do you believe? Why are you here? What are you meant to do while you're here? And what can you do right now to help you while you're here? In other words, when you're really living in your soul and your spirit and your magic, you're having an easier way of living. And then you're also being able to spread that, that joy, that gift with other people as well. So the card is a very positive card. So I'm going to do a summary of the reading. So the King of Wands is asking you to stay out of the past, use your creative energy, really make a commitment to do that from now until August. And depending on when you're listening to this, we're in March. For the next five months. So whenever you listen to this, you have a good five months to plan and to do things and really move forward and, and, and make a plan. I'm always like telling my students, make a plan and do it. 
And then the Seven of uh, Wands card is about watch out where you get into overwhelm. Make sure that you just keep reminding yourself what is the lowest hanging fruit. Just continue to take steps and actions towards that. And don't get discouraged because you're on a soul's journey. And it's just, you're just going to go deeper into your heart, into your soul by taking action, by being creative, by following your joy and following your bliss. And the High Priestess card is telling you, if you do this, it's going to work out. Things are going to work out in your favor. You're going to be uh, sitting in your magic. You're going to be recognizing that you are the high priestess. Even if you're um, a gentleman listening to this, you're a high priest. You're going to be sitting in your magic and you're going to be trusting your magic and bringing it out into the world. So that is a mini tarot reading. It's not how I read when I read um, normally, but I liked it. I want you to take some advice, take a piece of it and... Um, just move forward, move forward. Do not stay stagnant. Do not stay stuck and be the magic that you are. Uh, thank you so much. If you, um, I'd love for you to rate this podcast, share it and review it. And, um, I just can't wait to talk to you next week. So I will talk to you soon. Thank you. And have a great day. We still haven't come up with a tagline. Who can it be now? I don't know. Let's open the door and see. 